Our second reading this morning is again from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 12, verses 13 to 21. Hear now the word of the Lord. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or an arbiter over you? And he said to them, Take care. Be on guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly, and he thought to himself, What should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will put my I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich towards God. Let us pray. (coughs) Almighty God, we ask that as your scripture has been read and your word proclaimed, that it may speak to us, that it challenge us, that allow us to go beyond our comfort zones and to move into the places that you have called us to be, called to be as your hands and feet disciples in this work that we share together with one another. Amen. Most of you probably already know that I have a love of folk music. Folk music is my jam, you might say, for many reasons. One of these reasons is that many of the songs tell a story or they sometimes contain a lesson on morality. But there's another kind of folk tradition that does something similar, but instead of music, uses words to craft a story. And often these stories have creatures that the writer has anthropomorphized. Of course, I'm talking about Aesop, the ancient Greek, which many of his stories had made their way through time to us today, even though there were never any copies written or made. But as I was thinking about this other folk tradition, there was one story in particular that seemed relevant to this morning's reading from the Gospel according to Luke. Aesop tells this story about a grasshopper and an ant, but this grasshopper lived a carefree life. The grasshopper ran around playing their fiddle, and one day it came across an ant who was toiling in the hot summer sun. And the grasshopper stopped for a moment and began to mock the ant. Why are you working in the hot sun? asked the grasshopper. Well, we need to gather food for winter, replied the ant. Well, you would think that would be enough to make the grasshopper stop and take those words to heart. But instead, the grasshopper continued merrily along until the seasons changed. One day, though, when the seasons finally had changed, the grasshopper found that the bitter cold, that with the bitter cold, there was no more food to be found. 
And when the grasshopper asks the ant then for some food, the ant scoffs and tells the grasshopper that they should go and dance the winter away. You know, what's interesting about this story is that, about the grasshopper and the ant, is that it's commonly used as a criticism against laziness and sloth. But there's another interpretation of this fable from Aesop, which critiques the actions of the ant. In this retelling of the story, the ant is so focused on gathering material goods that they steal from others. It's the ant's nature to want to collect goods and food, but that nature is at a fault when they turn their back on those who are in need. And the same is true for us. We tend to want to gather spiritual, material things that will benefit ourselves, but the work of discipleship often asks us to sacrifice those things to help others. It's this dichotomy, this split between the urge of wanting to follow God and store up earthly treasures for ourselves that seems to trip us up every time. We find this tension in this fable and in this morning's reading between our tendency to want to gather and save, but yet we also want to live in the present moment with God. It would be great to live a life without fear, like that of the grasshopper, but our minds tell us we always need to prepare ourselves for winter. <coughs> we, hear we hear Jesus warning us about this conflict in this morning's reading. Take care. Be on guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possession. This theme, this theme runs throughout the entirety of the Bible. We find that God punishes those who are greedy, those who take from the have-nots, and emphasizes that a full life does not require that you have everything under the sun. I found that most things in life tend to boil down to balance. If it sounds simple, that's because I think it is, but take care, the act of doing so is difficult. The act of keeping all these things in harmony with one another will be hard to do if we lose sight of what is truly important. As hard as we try, we'll find that on some nights when our head hits the pillow, our late night conversations with God will turn into a list of things we need. We have student loans. We have parents who might be sick or aging. We have bills that need to be paid. And when the sun rises the next day, we'll find that our minds have once again bought into the belief that if we had more, our lives would be fulfilled. So how do we make sense of this tension? If we find that our late night conversations with God take a self-centered turn, how do we fix it? Ultimately, we are asking this morning the question of, is it possible to center ourselves on God instead of earthly possessions. To which I would say, of course, but it all depends on the bar that we set for ourselves. If we think that we can do it flawlessly, then that's an unrealistic goal. As I said, most things boil down to balance. And the same is true for our expectations. There are times when living fully in God will be a joy. It'll be easy. It'll come as a second nature. And then there will be times when it's hard, when it's difficult, when we want to do it kicking and screaming. Yet as long as we keep trying 
That is where we will discover that our journey has provided us with a rich well of experience. Part of this balancing of our lives requires a change in our perspective. Our life and our faith is not some kind of a bank where we can cash in and save for our our heavenly retirement. We can't think like the rich man in the parable and be content with the riches we have gathered for ourselves. Discipleship, living life with God and living life with one another, requires constant work. Regardless of our age, regardless of our point in life, we are called to persistent vigilance as we strive to set our minds on things that Christ calls us to pursue. The path that we are called to walk requires sacrifice. It requires perseverance and dedication to the belief that our work together is what will bind up broken hearts, broken hearts of those who are around us and our own hearts as well. When we look at it from a distance, the greed in this morning's passage is a call for something meaningful. Often greed is a desire to be loved or to love, but in a way that is warped and distorted. When we try and fill our barns with crops and lots of other goodies, we will discover that instead of binding up the brokenhearted, we are taking the things that could have helped them and ourselves. So the things we have hoarded for ourselves then become gods created in our own image. Our hearts, will ne- our hearts were never meant to be closer to things than to people. So if we find that we've reached the point, that point, we need to readjust ourselves and refocus our minds, our hearts, on the heart of God that provides for all people. The truth is that we were never meant to possess everything. We were never meant to possess everything within our reach. We're told that even from the beginning, the world was not meant to be a place where Adam and Eve were meant to have everything. And even if we were able to have everything we wanted, we wouldn't be living a full life. Hoarding things because we think they'll make us happy is not what God intended for us. I mean, can you imagine what the world would be like if God decided to greedily keep everything locked in heaven? Well, I don't think we would have a book of Genesis then. From the start, we are told that God was generous in outpouring love to the entirety of creation. And we should remember, of course, that this sacrificial love led to God sending Jesus to earth to show us how we ought to live in community with one another. Jesus knows how messy arguments around possessions can be. Jesus knows that money, Jesus knows that power and material goods can cause division in ways that are real, tangible, and hurtful. Perhaps then that is why we are meant to channel both the spirit of the grasshopper, and the ant. We need to live lives that are both free-flowing with God's spirit and to live lives that are open to being forged by sacrifice and hard work that comes with following Christ. But that's only possible if we set our hearts and minds on God. 
Otherwise, our fears, otherwise our worries will tempt us to fall back into thinking that we don't have enough and that we are not enough for the work that we have been called to do. There's been a lot on my mind this past week. I was going to say my pants, but that would have been the paint from painting the doors. But there's been a lot on my mind this past week. I've been thinking about Chicago, Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, Uniontown, Gilroy, Chippewa Falls, Columbus, Rosenberg, Haskell, South Haven, Elkhart, Suffolk, Pomfret, El Paso, and Dayton. I've been thinking about the 53 dead and 90 injured who were shot in this past week alone. More specifically, I've been asking myself the question, why would perpetrators do such a thing? And in the end, I usually find myself coming down to something along the lines of fear and hate. Fear that comes from words they've heard on the television, on the internet, and the radio. Fear that those who are outside their spheres are somehow going to take away the things they've hoarded for themselves. Fear of things that don't look like them, talk like them, or live like them. And I can only stop then to imagine what might have gone differently if they only heard the message of abundance, the message of peace, and the message of the rich tapestry of our diversity that flows from our God who walked on stormy seas. Let us go forward knowing that our storehouses filled with treasures mean nothing. They mean nothing if the world we created results in a broken, a shattered, and a tattered reflection of God's hope for our life together. You and I, you and I right here in Mayo Pack and the here and the now, have the power to change the narrative that people hear. You and I have the power to go out and tell others about this love that comes from God. Love that is so plentiful, there is enough for everyone who yearns for it. Love that knows pain so dark and so real that it can comfort us in our times of need. And love that it is so precious that it contains the rich diversity of stories from everyone who has partaken of it. Like I said before, there is mercy enough. There is sufficient grace for everyone. Christ invites you, invites me, to take care of and guard ourselves against the fear that there is not enough, and invites us to work together in seeking to lift one another out of the ashes and pits of death we have created for ourselves. Perhaps it's appropriate, then, that the reading for today coincides with the sacrament of the Lord's Supper that we that in this sacrament we are reminded that God gives us our daily portion. We break bread, we pour the cup, and we find that God reorders our lives so that they can be lived differently. 
Everything we need and desire is at the table the Lord has prepared. Except there aren't any possessions at the table, only love, love that will not let us go. At the table, we will find that each and every one of us has brought something of value. That needs to be told more to people. And it doesn't matter who brought what. All that matters is that we share what we have. That we engage in fellowship that reflects God's desire for us. Christ has embodied this love. Christ is the bread of life for the entire world. And Christ will satisfy our yearning souls even when we feel as though we have no answers. So take care and guard yourselves against greed and selfish desires. Desires that have a tendency to lead us to do horrific things. Let us come and open ourselves to God's love which provides for all who come searching for it. Trust in that love, trust in that power, and we may then work together as we take care of this beautifully and wonderfully created world. Amen.